0: Welcome to Bloops and Bloops, the game audio podcast. Today is February 20th,
1: 2015.
0: Joining us today is Anastasia Devana. We talk about Unity implementation, Kickstarter, and honey badgers. guys welcome back to bleeps and bloops the game audio podcast we're on episode 23 and dave and i are here with anastasia welcome anastasia
2: hi guys uh, how I'm you friendly. been <laughs> i've been good yeah we've, busy we've though been right trying to do this since like november yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> all, all three of us just like no nah, we can't this day next week and then uh, yeah something will come up and then three months later here we are but we made it guys yeah. we made it we did it um, and, and speaking of since November, I don't know if that's even the right time for this, but the, the award that we were nominated for, uh, was probably announced somewhere around the ballpark. So that's exciting. Uh, we are nominated for a game audio network guild award for, uh, is it, what was it? The official category? If, yeah. It's you know, like Dave. best
1: podcast publication, something or other. So yeah. Uh, it's like the newsy
0: stuff. Yeah. Uh,
1: which is really yeah. cool. I mean, uh, we, we we kinda have a sense for how many people listen, but that enough people thought to, to nominate us was pretty cool. Yeah. So
0: That's excited. awesome. Congrats. Uh, thanks. This is the first first episode we've done since we found out. So maybe we'll we'll somehow uh uh, overcome the Goliaths and, and <laughs> take yeah. home the order <laughs> yeah. Right, uh, but it's okay. We we both I think are pretty into the uh, the other nominees, so I I don't think we'd be disappointed <laughs> if we lost. Not in the slightest. I think we would both vote vote for the other guys because <laughs> we're good. We're such good sportsmen. That's why.
2: That's we're right. <laughs>
0: great sportsmanship.
1: Yeah, GDC uh, is going to be so much fun. I can't wait. Yeah. You guys are both going, right? Yep.
2: Yes, indeed.
0: Okay. I have not bought my plane ticket though, so. Oh, but you have Ugh. the pass. And- I do have the pass, and I, I have a friend who I'm sharing a hotel with, so that won't go up. So. Okay. Um, are y'all flying? Who are y'all flying with? Uh, who should I look for?
1: I think I'm United flying Virgin. Virgin I want to say Virgin, Yeah. Okay. I
0: yeah, like same, here. Virgin.
2: same here. Same here. I I kept a lookout for their sales, and then because they do, they do pretty good sales. So I was like, one came on like a month ago. And yeah, I, and snagged I it up.
0: Dad. Nice. Yeah. I need to do that next year. Yeah, I, I actually, almost had... Oh, go ahead,
1: Dave. Oh, I've never flown Virgin, but I hear really good things about Oh, they're about great.
0: It. Yeah, they're, they're really good. If if I had a choice, like, regardless of price, uh, I would choose them. But they're normally cheap, cheaper, but not the cheapest normally. But they're, they're lower on the end. But I, I mm-hmm. almost had a, a free flight because of the um, hackathon game I worked on. Um, oops. Oops. Of course, my phone is set vibrating on the table that my mic is on. Uh, <laughs> so popular, um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I almost had a free free flight, which is one of the reasons why I waited so long. Um, the hackathon game I made with uh, Daniel Fairley, uh, Microsoft is going to show it at their booth. And oh, cool. Daniel's like, hey, I, I don't think I can make it to GDC. Do you want to go? They'll like pay for your flight and hotel. I was like, yeah, let's do that. Uh, but then, like, a week later, he's like, oh, I think I can go. Can I have it back? <laughs> I was like, yeah. Uh, no. Yeah, but he, like, he asked. He wasn't, he didn't just do it. I was like, you know, you did most of the work on that game. I, I just did the audio and some design help. So, uh, yeah, it makes more sense for you to represent it than the sound guy, So, But uh, back to buying a plane ticket like a schmuck. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> so That's pretty cool, so, that's though, right. that, 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 you'll have, <laughs> that you'll have something at a booth that's... Uh... Yeah, yeah.
1: Showed Maybe. by Microsoft that you made that's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, no, it's they they really dug it um, for some. I guess I shouldn't say for some reason, but I was surprised that they that they liked it so much because it was just like a hackathon game. But they seemed to really uh, appreciate because it it's it's using the Kinect and a controller at the same time, which I guess uh, not many developers have done so. Um, But let's go. So we're going to try to get back somewhat into our our official format. Um, We might be a little bit loose again this week, but um, let's go into some uh, some news. Who the hell tipped these guys off? I didn't know what to think anymore. News. So one of the reasons why we, or why I have been so busy um, lately, uh, is I am running a company right now, Play Without Boundaries, and we're developing a software platform called Kinsky. And I just wanted to give it a quick. podcast promotion because um, we are running our Kickstarter right now, um, which is the first Kickstarter I've ran. Uh, I've been a part of like the audio team on Kickstarters before, um, but this one is, is uh, up, up on me and my team to uh, get the funding and all that stuff. So um, yeah, if you want to check out what we're doing, uh, you can go to Kickstarter and just search Kinski. That's K-I-N-S-K-I-I. Um, or you can go to kinski.com and there's links to click and stuff. But I think I've talked about it on, on previous shows. so I won't go, you know, into depth of what we're what we're building, but basically video chat and uh, mini games to connect, uh, specifically children. But I mean, lots of people can uh, can enjoy playing games with you know their friends and stuff who aren't in their area. But,
1: yeah, yeah, and we'll definitely link link to it in the in the
0: show notes. When does the Kickstarter end? Uh, we launched February 9th, so it should be March 9th. Yeah, March 9th, unless you, I don't know if you can extend it in the middle of campaign and if we'll decide to do that or not. Because um, I think we are considering doing a 45-day campaign, but statistically 30 days are like slightly better. Um, so, but yeah, March 9th should be the end. So if, uh, yeah, check this out and, and please spread the word and, and, you know, pledge a little bit if you uh, want it for yourself. But yeah, you can use the help.
1: Yeah, I've seen some different lengths on Kickstarter now. What determines whether or not you're eligible for a 30 day versus a 45 day? And I feel like I've even seen 60 day campaigns
0: before. Yeah, you you can actually decide. Like it's totally up to you as the Kickstarter um, creator. Uh, you just the, I think the the logic behind why statistically 30 days are better um, is it adds some urgency. So when you see a 30 day campaign. You think, oh, I should probably pledge now. If you see sixty days, you're like, ah, I'll, I'll get back I to it. I got time. Yeah, so I think that's I think that's probably what's causing that statistic. Um, but yeah, it's it's totally up to the, the person who creates it. Um, and we should do a Kickstarter episode maybe uh, sometime because it's actually it's a a lot of developers and um, want to use Kickstarter and and also um, people who want to make CDs will use Kickstarter. And if you're on a team that. You know, I think it's useful information, so maybe another episode will get in-depth about, like, how to create it and what goes into that.
1: Yeah, that's a really good idea. Have you been a part of any Kickstarters, Anastasia?
2: Um, Let's see. Two, at least. I'm trying to think. Yeah, two. And one went awesome, and one was kind of a few... Fiasco later on. I mean, <laughs> well, you guys might remember that story that I was posting in a on in a Facebook group a while ago when the the team that I helped do the Kickstarter and was really like a big big part of you know uh, that whole Kickstarter campaign about a year ago, and then um, somebody approached them recently and said that they'll do like the whole music for the whole game for free.
0: I, I remember, oh, that's right, yeah, I remember that.
2: And I go, like, oh, that sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, sweet. <laughs> yeah, so that was kind of upsetting, but it's okay. And then the other Kickstarter I did um, for Spider Stories, that actually turned turned out being like a really super cool project, so... So it's it's a you know hit and miss I guess. <laughs> sure.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's definitely these these little treasures and then cautionary tales all over the place. But yeah, I think it's a really good idea to sit down with a bunch of people that have gone through successful Kickstarters, and and I think there are some people. I want to say Andrea Versa has a, a like an ebook, or maybe it's even an actual book, but of things to do in order to be successful on Kickstarter. Because I I know that a couple that I've been involved with both referenced either him just kind of as a, as a mentor through the Kickstarter, but I think there's actually a, a some kind of a publication that he put out about tips to navigate the Kickstarter waters. Cause he's done a few, uh, making albums and raising money for that. And, uh, so I know there's some good material out there, but yeah, I think it's a good idea to, to spend an episode on it for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know we, uh, saw, and also I've just been hearing, uh, and the grapevine, I guess, this sort of rise of binaural audio. And I thought um, this episode would be a good good chance to talk about it. Um, so I know I wasn't actually very familiar with what it was. I um, I heard a lot of people talking about it. It was one of those sort of things like, oh, yeah, 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 totally. I know exactly what you mean. But uh, honestly, I hadn't uh, done the research to find out much about it. Um, my understanding is, you know, cursory. But basically it's, um, and, and I know both of you guys have had more experience, but basically what, what binaural audio is is... You have mono, you have stereo, and binaural is sort of a third category to that same concept, to where the recordings are made to simulate uh, human's ears and how we actually we actually hear things. So you'd have two mics positioned about where a person's ears would be. Sometimes they're even in um, like ear shape things. So like you really get that realistic sound. And uh, virtual reality is basically now really taking advantage of this.
1: Right. Yeah. And so <clears throat> there are a couple of articles that came out this week that we'll link in the show notes and AES audio for games in London also happened. And there was a lot of uh, news on Twitter about talks that were, um, we were, we're discussing this, this trend of binaural audio and you're, and you're right that it's with this rise of virtual reality with Oculus and everyone, um, they're turning to binaural audio as a way to make that immersion even deeper. And, uh, back at CES, Uh, A couple of months ago, all of the demos around Oculus were were using their, I I guess, their third dev kit that has the spatialized audio component built into it, and and the demos were featuring that binaural uh, playback, and everyone was just raving about how much better it was than the last time they had played those games or gone through those experiences because of the spatialized audio uh, just creating a much more realistic, lifelike um, environment. So it's... Uh, I I, I imagine that we'll see a lot of that at GDC as well. I I know last year it kind of started a little bit. There was a a talk about Papa Sangre last uh, GDC, uh, which is a game that's audio only, and they use some binaural um, spatialization tools to, to make it sound like you are the character. And, you know, you could turn your head or or not turn your head, but turn the, the iPhone, uh, and, and hear things move to your left or to your right as if you were in the space. So it's, it's, we're going to see a whole lot more of this. So it's, it's good to get up on what it's all about.
0: I think one of the, um, things that will help alleviate that drives me crazy in games is where there's an audio source, like a conversation somewhere. Um, like let's say you're walking by a bunch of people in a town who are talking and you turn your head a bit and then like the sound like drops significantly. And, and it's like that. I mean, it's sort of um, implementa- like poor implementation, but it's, it's also just sort of the fact that it's they're not doing that realistic. You have two sources that are picking up, uh, two input locations that are picking up the sound. So you have that single one, you point it the wrong way, and yeah, suddenly it won't pick it up anymore very well. Yeah, it it
1: just becomes a matter of panning that all they're doing is they're turning up the right channel and down the left channel instead of actually simulating what would happen. Yeah, you would hear things less out of one ear than the other ear, but it's not that it's not that specific it's not that easy but the tools up until now especially like in unity you know everyone thinks unity has that little box that you can check that says this is a 3d sound and you think that means 3d but it just it it doesn't yeah
0: it just means it exists in the 3d space right yeah (laughs) but it
1: doesn't mean it'll sound like it's above or below you or or in front of you and behind you and and that and that's where the magic of vr needs to have convincing audio Yep.
0: yeah Definitely. So I think that's going to be all we cover for our news section. Uh, I know we want to talk a lot about like implementation and Unity in general um, this episode just because the three of us have all got quite a bit of experience in that, and so we thought it would be a good opportunity. So um, with that, let's move right along. We're going to cover some jobs now. No
1: way,
2: you I you felt like my vacation was coming to an end.
1: Jobs. jobs. All right, the two jobs that uh, were current as of kind of the last week or so, uh, one is an audio designer at That Game Company, which you'll know from uh, Journey fame. So that's a pretty big gig to land if you can uh, find that one. And uh, so that's at their website, and we'll list that uh, as well in the show notes. But that one... just in reading the job description, it, it's it's a lot more open than some of the ones that you'll see. I think you can kind of, you'd kind of expect that from the company if you've played any of their games. But uh, you know, it doesn't say anything like, you know, five years of this and X number of AAA titles shipped, and like like you will with bigger studios. Uh, and and so there may be more room for someone that's just coming out but has this really creative uh, voice. Uh, to make a name for themselves at a company like that so yeah and then where, the other one, where oh. is their
0: studio located again and if you said I, uh I, I
1: they're in california know. somewhere okay. uh i to just
0: popping in to, to double check because i know i know certain people like myself it's like okay. you're you not always able to relocate and so that's like whenever there's a, a dallas job i'm like oh hey that's that's one of the like <laughs> one in a million chances that there's a, a dallas job Right. Yes. Yeah, uh, Santa Monica. Santa Monica. Okay.
1: Yeah. Cool. And then the other one is uh, from a studio called Creative Assembly, and uh, looks like they're in the UK, and they're looking for a lead sound designer. So that one will probably be a little uh, more um, like Experience. what you would see, at, yeah, at, at AAA uh, studios. But I don't necessarily. I'm looking at it now, and I don't really see anything like you know X number of AAA console titles shipped and all that kind of stuff it's it's pretty uh, there's a lot of information there that I think someone could uh, structure and craft their resume around that you know, you won't automatically write yourself off because you haven't shipped a triple A title or something like that. Oh, oh wait, never mind. Never mind. I take it <laughs> There it is. <laughs> there it is. Three shipped full price retail console or PC games. All full right. Priced.
0: That's full priced. That's a new verbiage I haven't heard before. I haven't
1: heard that before either. That's <laughs> yeah. interesting. You can't.
0: you can't produce games that go on sale like right when, Like you can't produce crappy games. Basically, right. It need to be full priced,
1: and, and retail. So they, so they, it can't be just digital distribution through Steam or something. It yeah. has to like show up at Best Buy. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Oh, well, I take, all, take all that back.
0: <laughs> I was about to say, like, oh, it's nice. They're taking a new like spin lately. It's okay.
1: Guess yeah.
0: not. Yeah. Well, at least you know that game company and, and like like you said, they're they're a lot more. Um, I mean, they come a lot of the, the people on the team weren't really coming from a, a development background, so you know they came from a different world. So I think yeah, they're more into the the artistic uh, perspective um, than the like, well, here's the on re- on paper what you can do. So yeah, uh, so
1: those are the two from this week. I know a couple of weeks ago, I saw one uh, at Infinity Ward, which is one of the Call of Duty studios. They were looking for a sound designer as well. I don't know if it's still uh, open, but that would be one to follow up on as well.
0: Yeah, yes. And go to GDC and also that. hear about a lot more, which we'll be probably saying for the next uh, couple episodes. It's actually coming really soon, right? It's about like three yeah. weeks away? Or
1: something. I mean, with our track record as of late, <laughs> I don't even <laughs> know if might. we'll get another episode <laughs> yes. of it <him> before GDC. <laughs> yeah, but. two
0: weeks. Maybe we can do uh, get another game review or something. Yeah. Holy crap,
1: is it really only two weeks? Yeah. yeah oh, really
0: crap. Wow.
2: I know. That's <laughs> how I feel about it. <laughs> oh,
0: my gosh. Well, we should we, since we're both going to be at GDC, we, well, we should definitely do one at GDC. I think we can probably pull that off.
1: I think we can. One,
0: one time at some point in the day when we're <laughs> not too busy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, cool. cool. All right. Well, let's go on to um, some tips. I'm going to tell you a little secret. Just to make it so you really don't want to
1: die. Technique of the week.
0: So briefly this week, I wanted to discuss um, the idea of outsourcing and sort of collaborating uh, as an audio professional, because it's uh, something that I've been doing a lot lately since I've had to focus a lot of my energy on uh, running my software company. I've, I've been taking all my audio work and outsourcing like 95 percent of it. So um, I some tools I think that if you're going to be doing this um, and if whether on the receiving end or on the you know, sending the work end, some tools you should be familiar with and some things you should expect. Um, definitely should be using Google Docs. They're really useful for, um, normally we'll have like an Excel that will have maybe, it's not really huge, maybe like six, six or seven uh, columns and it'll give you like the sound effect asset, it'll give you if it needs a loop, um, how many variations it needs, some notes so you don't just have like big punch one, like, well, okay, what's? I need more details about that, like, oh, it's it's this guy with, you know, boxing gloves, oh, well, that sounds way different now, so, um, and then at the end, I'll normally put um, an approved, or, i uh, sorry, a complete column, so that whoever's doing the work can say, I've finished it, and then another column for whoever's checking it, uh, so right now, it's me, I'll check it, and if I like it, I can say approved, and they know that that sound is officially done, so um, Google Docs are a great place to do that, because you can edit it uh, live, and I have to keep sending updated files, do you, um, do you, you have off, like off. A,
1: a template that you use a lot that we could throw yeah, up on? Sure. The...
0: Yeah, yeah. I can just take one of the one. Yeah, I tend to just like take the last gig I worked on and like slightly modify it. So yeah, I'll just cool. I'll I'll save one out that's blank. Yeah, I, I... I have
2: a I have a Google Doc tip, uh, also. And I don't it. know I don't know how to what do you use for that column where you do the status, but you can actually do drop downs inside Google Docs,
0: which are like super useful. Um, to like organize like what has. Like the order it's shown, or
2: uh, no? Like you know, in a, if you have like a status column that's like in progress or needs review, or like, oh, you completed. can like have
0: it preset like drop yeah. down. Yeah, oh, yeah. I didn't even know yeah. that. Yeah, so to awesome. create
2: uh, like the way I I use the Google Docs for Q sheets. Whenever I work on like a short, you know, or some some smaller type um, project, I'll just share the Q sheet Google Doc with the director, um, and that's how we keep track of everything. But so you can create another. Sheet in a Google Doc, and you can create like all your utility stuff in there. So I'll have like you know statuses, um, little column, and it'll be like you know not started, in progress, you know approved, or you know needs review or something like that. And then in your original uh, spreadsheet, you click on that cell and you go to data validation rules, and you can actually tell it to validate against a certain like range of cells, and then we'll turn it into a dropdown.
0: That's ah, super cool. Yeah, okay, and I'll then they do like color that.
2: coding, like the conditional formatting. So if it's like you know approved, it's like green and stuff like sure. that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, Excel can actually be kind of fun. I think <laughs> like I, I, I can get pretty uh, into it, like doing the different formulas and stuff. So that's a cool new one that I, I haven't done before. <laughs> cool. um, so yeah, in addition to to that, which is probably the primary thing that I use, um, other than maybe like a messenger service. Like I don't actually call the people I work with very often. Um, I think it's sort of reflective of just how we all communicate in general, but normally I'll just use like Facebook messenger or something, um, you know, use whatever works for you, whoever your contact is through, but like, I'll quickly be like, Hey, you know, is the sound ready? Or they'll say, Hey, the sound is up. Um, Dropbox is normally how I handle deliveries. And I personally believe paying for the, you know, whatever 120 gigs or whatever it is, uh, is worth it just because I use it every single day. Um and then the other thing i just want to quickly mention the last thing is if you're working with someone uh, on either end make sure you plan for an approval period so you know i have clients and they want it by a certain date but i wrap in i make sure to go a week back for anyone i work with preferably a week um, to get an approval from me because if they need to redo stuff they need time to do that so if you're working with someone they say hey the client needs it on the 25th so give it to me on the 25th you might want to suggest well why don't i give it to you on the 23rd or, or the 20th and then you, know, right. you can make sure you like it before we have to send it off to your client. Yeah. Good advice. So, yeah. So, yeah, so that's sort of some, some tips if you are working with anybody um, or are getting overloaded and you need to uh, outsource some stuff um, to some colleagues. But,
1: yeah. Awesome.
0: So let's uh, let's go right then into our uh, our interview, which uh, we're going to do like an interview hybrid Uh, let's talk a lot about like unity and implementation. Mankind has always been the poison.
2: Interviews.
1: We're here with Anastasia and we met two years ago at GDC. How long have you been coming to GDC Or was that your first two years ago?
2: I think that that might've been my first. Yeah. Okay. It's been two years. This year is the third time.
1: Okay, so you started out kind of more on the film side, and you're still on the film side. But how did you get started? I guess as a, as a musician. Not that that's the only thing that you do, but um, you know, with the work that you do now, what was that path like?
2: So it was long and convoluted. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that was like. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I, well, I was born and raised in Russia, and uh, we have. Kind of like the music school system where you go to your regular school during the day and then you go to music school at night um, and you do that for nine years. So, you know, I was a classical trained piano player and, you know, I did the whole like theory, solfege and sang in a bunch of choirs. Um, and then when I was 15, I discovered the power of rock <laughs> or metal, rather. Um, really, you know, really got into that and I started playing in metal bands and cool, pretty much have been playing in metal bands since then, like since I was 15. Um, huh. And I, you know, moved to different countries and eventually ended up in the U.S. Um, and yeah, I was like constant in bands and choirs and stuff like that. Uh, so I continued doing music, but it was always a hobby. Um, and I studied like a bunch of different things. Like I studied business administration for two years and I decided that that was totally not not it for me. Yeah. <laughs> so then I was like, oh, well, graphic design sounds cool. So I did that, you know, I studied that. And then kind of through graphic design, I got into computers and web development and then um, started doing programming. So I was actually ended up uh, having a career as a programmer for, I don't know, s- six or seven years, I guess. It's, oh, wow. it's been a while, a long time. Um, and then about three years ago, um, I kind of had my, you know mid third quarter I don't know something life crisis <laughs> right and yeah I was pretty uh, um, established as a programmer you know pretty much senior like level uh, and it wasn't a lot of career growth and it was all kind of more of the same so you know I thought well I w- always wanted to do music and it was always like a pipe dream that I'll do someday and you know I was in a very like secure place financially so you know I decided that I'll, I'll really give it a shot and See, you know, see if I can do it for real. And I guess it was a new challenge or something, you know, very new, very different. So, um, yeah, basically just jumped into that 100%. um, Studied film scoring, uh, started getting as many gigs as I can, got a, you know, internship. So, yeah, ever since then, since like for the last three years, I've been uh, developing that career path of writing music for media. Um, And then kind of halfway down the road... um, I was like, oh wait, games? Huh. <laughs> <laughs> There's like programming involved, and and that was, you know, that to me was kind of a golden, you know, medium between the two things because I still love programming, and oh yeah, I just don't want to do it full time, I guess. Right. Uh, but I, and I still want to create, so that was just a perfect combination of the two. I can I can program and I can use that understanding and those chops, and I can use my music skills and just you know combine that, you know. Artistic aspect and that, you know, creative problem-solving, logical aspect, and yeah, just been really loving working on that.
1: Very cool. Yeah, I think it's fair to say that you know that that's that's becoming something that uh, that you're known for within the game audio community because you've done a series of of YouTube videos and tutorials about not only how to write the music but how to implement it and get in into the game, and you know, it doesn't take. More than an hour at any convention to realize that, you know, if you're going into this thing to be a composer and a composer only, you are, you 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 know, you're you're against it because there are so many people out there. But to be able to see, uh, from your perspective, how this actually translates into the implementation I think has been helpful for a lot of people I know that as I've been learning uh, Fabric is the new tool that I've been working with I've been watching uh, the videos that you put out and so it's interesting to hear your background as the programmer because now that makes all sorts of sense uh, for, <laughs> for a lot of people jumping into the implementation is pretty daunting when they've just sat in a DAW for the last however many years uh, but yeah it sounds like your hybrid set of skills just feeds right into what games are doing right now and, and what game audio creators need to be doing Right now, it's not enough to just write music for the most part. You have to have that extra set of special set of Liam Neeson skills. Uh, yes. <laughs> oh, cool. Um, I know you've done uh, tutorials on both FMOD and Fabric, uh, and we've talked about these pieces of middleware before as fairly interchangeable. Um, how do you see the different types of middleware? kind of going forwards, um, you know, as people are trying to figure out where to focus their time or, or how to approach these semi daunting tools, I don't know, what would your suggestion be for people just wanting to get into um, the implementation, implementation yeah, definitely, side? Yeah.
2: Um, so this is what I would say. I mean, if you are if you feel up to learning some code and maybe you'll try, you know, try a few things like maybe try a few unity straight up like unity tutorials or javascript tutorials or something like that and you feel like that's going pretty well like you get in it uh, pretty easily you know then you can of course jump in and you know try to do like more unity and fabric stuff um, because I, I don't know fabric it may be the the least featured of the three you know uh, fmod wise and fabric but it has kind of special place in my heart because uh, it's so much faster to develop with it. And I mean, I can go into a little more detail about that later. Um, but if the programming thing is not going so well, you are just not getting it, then I would say just maybe focus and get really, really good at F mod or, and or wise, hopefully both, because you can actually do a lot of stuff in FMod mod itself without, you know, without ever getting into code or inside wise, um, so, yeah, if you if you get really good at the middleware, you know, you you might be able to get away with not, you know, jumping into the coding itself.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I know I've been using Fabric for the last couple of weeks. And from, you know, my own experience and talking to other people as well, the maybe fear is the wrong word, but of getting into implementation using Wiser FMOD is not being able to see easily how... How it actually translates into gameplay. I mean, if you're just working in Wise or just working in FMod, you can kind of understand the hierarchy and how things are laid out. But it's not until you hook it up to a to the game that it really kind of makes sense. And you can do that with with Wise and with FMod with you know a free Unity project like Angry Bots. But I know that for a lot of people and and for myself, you know, a couple of years ago that was that was a real sticking point. So for me, Fabric has been super cool because, like you said, it is so fast. It's happening within Unity. I don't have to use a separate piece of Software and link them together. Every every change that I'm making is happening in real time in the engine, and you know I can attach things to specific animation events. And uh, it, it's I, I've been surprised at how much I've learned uh, over a shorter period of time using Fabric in Unity than kind of just messing around with Wise and FMod mm-hmm. by themselves yeah. over to the yeah, side. I mean,
2: but you, yeah, you see the whole picture immediately. Uh, it's true. And then you don't need to rely on a developer, you know, to carve right. out some time to, you know, plug in your sounds. Yeah. So yeah, to me that's that's really the best approach because I can you know, I can tweak stuff till I'm blue in the face, you know <laughs> to make sure it works in the game. Yeah, because with the with the F Model wise it's probably more like you know, spray and break. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Here's some stuff. Hopefully you integrate it the way I want and hopefully it works the way I want. Yeah. Right.
1: Now you mentioned that fabric is probably the least fully featured of the three. Uh, are there specific things that come to mind that you can't do, that you found yourself wanting to do in fabric and not able to, that you know Fmod or Wise could do?
2: Um, well, let me think about this. I, th- um, I think in general it's just kind of I think Fabric is only one guy, uh, Taz, uh, Abrakis, and he's you know he's been really really good, super helpful, like uh, always you know responds to my messages and questions and you know added a few features that I've asked for in the past. Uh, but I think just as far as like bandwidth, development bandwidth, it's it's at a has a disadvantage compared to to the other two companies because right. you know they have like full staff. Um, I think just. Like one feature that I wish it would have, and I actually emailed him the other day about it, um, is I think in both Fmoto wise, you can import your loop file with the tail, um, and you can just set the loop point, and then the tail of the file will play over, you know, over the loop. If uh-huh. that makes sense. Um, in Fabric right now, you can't do that, and that's actually causing some issues with the internal unity audio implementation because okay. uh, that's another thing about fabric because it is using internal unity audio engine right. as opposed to fmod or wwise um so if unity has a bug um that means that taz can't really do anything about it and unity is still not great dealing with mp3s and looping yeah um so definitely ran into a couple issues with that and it it's also platform specific like uh, it works on, like, Windows great, but maybe not on Mac. Um, so definitely something to keep in mind. Like, MP3 looping is still still not 100% solved.
1: <laughs> well, I know, Jim, you've been kind of learning Unity as you've been going through uh, the development of Kinski, because you guys are building everything inside Unity, yeah?
0: Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, when I first started the company, I planned on finding a programmer, to uh do it and i was just gonna kind of do the business side and audio of course just because I, I knew how to do that really well but um i couldn't find a programmer um that would take on the challenge for the uh basically for the funding that we had uh, like we definitely had funding for people but yeah like to to get someone to build a video chat platform was was quite a daunting task and so in, in the end i had to be the one to do it so i had to teach myself a lot you know i i coded a bit in the in the past but um Nothing at this level, so I'm I'm currently doing it all in Unity. Um, most of my day to day is building um, the actual games, so um, I'm I'm just making games in Unity, and uh, and then occasionally I'll kind of go to the platform side and work on like the you know the video chat and the the user account creation and stuff. But yeah, I'm doing it all within Unity, which is pretty um un- not traditional because it's you know it's meant for making games and making a tool and a, a video chat platform isn't as in generally what it's used for. So I've been able to sort of see some of its edges and limits um, as I'm as I'm writing some challenges. So it's been interesting.
1: Huh. Yeah, and you know, I, I know at least for myself, I haven't been around long enough to state anything categorically, but it seems like these sorts of of skills knowing how to use unity knowing how to use unreal um, are becoming more and more important for audio designers or composers musicians whatever Um, we're we're a dime a dozen if all we can do is write a tune necessarily Uh, that's not entirely fair but there are so many people that want to do that but few are the people that can can kind of play in, in both spaces and not only make the audio and create it, but get it into the game and, and take that burden off of the programmers to do the game engine stuff and let us create the audio and implement it as well. So I, I just see that as a trend that's going to be continuing even more. And if all we're doing is honing our chops in logic or whatever, that we're kind of chopping ourselves off at the legs a little bit in terms yeah. of how far we can, we can go down the road.
0: Um, well, I, I, I'm i working sorry. with artists right now um, full time and if they could implement their own art into Unity it would save me so much trouble uh, Yeah. I mean it's not like a super time intensive thing to implement art but I mean it's just like you said it's one more thing the programmer has to do and also if I had a sound guy that you know if we, we budget a sound guy I would want him to know how, him or her to know how to put their own sounds in it's just and then that way the programmer can really focus on the mechanics and and balancing and all the other stuff
2: mm. well and another thing that i want to add about unity which um, which i really love about it i think it's really cool i think it's very um accessible for a new person yeah. to get mm-hmm. in and there's so many points of entry like if you've ever done any you know, flash or graphic design. Like that's so what I'm saying is it's easy for artists to get in, it's easy for programmers to get in, and it's pretty easy for, you know, audio people to get in too. And because it has really nice um, graphical user interface. So if you're just getting started, you might never need to touch a line of code and you should be able to do a lot of stuff. It's just a GUI. Um, and then once you maybe get a little bit more comfortable and then you maybe run into a couple of Roadblocks, it's like, okay, I wanna do this but I can't, that's when you start dipping your toe in you know, into the coding side. Yeah. It's it's like when we're talking with um, with Dave the other day, you know, and, and even like my fabric tutorial I kinda of started off like, Hey, here's how you do it through the GUI and it's you know pretty easy, you know. <laughs> but right. this is how you can do it in the code. Yeah. And then it's like, you know, it's not that scary. Oh no, it wasn't <laughs> at, it at all. Day. I mean, it sounds
1: terrifying when you say it like, okay, now I'm going to have to come up with some script that calls this audio event that links a trigger to a listener. I mean, you just get buried if all that you've ever done is, is, you know, sat in a DAW, but once you figure out how to do it, I don't know there's a cool satisfaction that comes, you know, Lego style of making something work. And when you hit play, it actually happens. Uh, you know when we're making music or we're making sounds it's kind of all happening in in real time and it either happens or it doesn't happen i I don't know exactly what i'm trying to say but when you're working in in unity and you're setting all of these parameters up together and then you kind of hit play and you wait nervously to see if it's going to happen and it does it's it's really satisfying
0: yeah Yeah. i'm really happy when anything compiles on my first Uh, (laughs) try. oh
2: Oh. Oh, yeah Yeah. yeah, and
0: I, I do think that, you know, if you want to start in, um, in Unity with no programming experience, you could download um, something called Playmaker, which is how I, I started prototyping quickly. Um, and it's just a, um, a graphical interface state machine. So you basically, okay. what's, what's nice is that it does use some terms that, that are appropriate. So it's not just like, move the guy. Like, it actually is like, you know, transform vector three, you know. And then so, like, you're actually learning terms that will translate to the scripts. Uh, when you start writing them. But um, that's how I, I first started getting, like, hey, I made a game. Okay, well, now it doesn't, you know, like Anastasia said, it's like I I can't make it do the thing, so now I have to learn how to write the actual code instead of use a shortcut. But you can you can build a game, and you can build your audio demo interactive through using just tools. You don't right. actually have to write code.
1: Yeah. And, you know, it, it seems like this is, um, I think, Anastasia said, and there are lots of entry points, and this may be an entry point into the industry for a lot of people that you may not have the background in music to compete with people that have, you know, graduated with master's in composition, like you may not have those musical chops, and you may not be able to catch up necessarily. But if you can write music that sounds good, and then get it into the game in an interesting and creative way, that gives you a leg up, perhaps on some of those people. And so it, it may feel daunting to say, oh, I've got to learn something else. I have to learn Unity now. I have to learn Fabric or FMOD now as well. Like, I, don't, I just don't have time for any of that. But I don't know. It just seems like that's where things are going. And the more time we can spend on those types of things, uh, the more valuable we are to, uh, to, to our clients. Yep.
0: Yeah um i know we are approaching if not slightly over our hour um let's let's do our little five quick question thing and then we can do any like uh plugs or anything else we want to to get to so all right five quick questions all right so i'm just going to read read these questions uh they don't have to be good answers we're just (laughs) just fire them all right so uh what's your favorite animal
2: Okay, so my favorite there's a, there's animal is honey
0: badger. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, is this like pet animal answer. or is this like spirit animal?
0: It, it's whatever. It, it's whatever elicits, uh, whatever answer it comes with the
2: question. Anyway, <laughs> it's, uh, it's really funny because honey badgers are so badass. <laughs> I don't know if you guys ever heard about a honey badger, but it's I mean, like, it's the most badass animal in the world. Um, it, it it has like weird bone structure that is like super flexible, so it it somehow it's it doesn't die no matter what you do to it. <laughs> <So> <laughs> it will it will charge like like prides of lions. It will charge buffalo. It will charge an elephant. It's just like fearless. And then <laughs> I don't know. You guys should look it up. There's like a really funny YouTube video about a honey badger. All right. Basically, he he like is fighting this king cobra or something, and then king cobra <laughs> bites it, and then. He, in the meantime, he kills the cobra. And then he just, like, falls over and, like, dies. But then he doesn't die. He just, like, an hour later, he just gets up and proceeds to, like, eat this cobra. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> we
1: got to find that and put that in the shoutouts, too. Um,
2: So so I actually went to Africa this past summer, which was oh, a really right. amazing trip. Really amazing. Um, And the one thing that I kept asking for on safaris. Like, can we see a honey badger? <laughs> and our ranger thought it was the coolest thing. Because like, yeah, all the clients always want to see lions and you know leopards and stuff. And you're the only people who want to see the honey badger. <laughs> and apparently it was like the most elusive little guy. So the closest we got to seeing a honey badger was on our last day when we were leaving. And our ranger was like taking us to the airport. We saw the paw prints of the honey badger on the road. <laughs> oh, so close! <laughs> I know, so and it was like fresh too. So it's
0: like uh, the unicorn. <laughs> yeah, it's totally the unicorn.
1: <laughs> wow, that's awesome! I love uh, how quickly that came to mind too. Yeah, like, no, honey badgers, easy.
0: A better answer than I could have possibly <laughs> written. Uh, <laughs> what uh, What is the first CD you recall owning, or buying, or being meaningful to you?
2: Um. Well. Yeah.
0: And so I expect it to be bad, because I know mine was... <laughs>
2: so I can't
0: yeah, we're not, not judging musical c- tastes here. Right. Yeah.
2: yeah. No, I can't remember about a CD, because when I started listening to music, that was uh, cassette, cassette tapes.
0: Cassette tapes, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, so, I had Michael Jackson bad on cassette, I remember. Oh, uh,
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, mine is kind of a little bit embarrassing. Um, uh, well, sort of, yes and no. Um, it was an album by Roxette. Uh, I can't remember which one it was but the embarrassing part is why i got it um i had like this boy crush on this on, uh, on this boy and he liked rock so i was like oh i'm gonna buy it and listen to it and <laughs> all
0: know all the words and know all the words
2: of course like words been in english and me not knowing english that was pretty funny but
0: <laughs> <laughs> details <laughs>
2: but yeah and, and it was like one of those like summer kind of crashes too that i met this boy in summer and i had to go home you know uh, for, for the winter and like the whole winter I was just listening to this to this tape <laughs> in
1: the words morning it was
2: just yeah it was just <gasps> silly great.
1: yep so, so can you still hear those songs now in your mind and relive that summer of love
2: um well it wasn't really mutual so I don't know about the summer of love
1: <laughs> that's awesome I'm gonna have to go find yeah. that on iTunes now
0: <laughs> what uh? What is an instrument that you can't currently play that you wish you could?
2: Um, I'm, I'm kind of split between two. Um, I think like it would be practical to play to learn to play a cello because you can just do so much stuff with it and um, for you know composing and things like that. Um, but I think like one of the coolest instruments is nickel harpa. So, if I ever get my hands on a good one, I would definitely learn to play that one. And I don't know if you guys seen it. Nickel harpa. It's like, it's like this Swedish. Um, it's a bowed instrument, but it has keys like a hurdy gurdy. So you, so you like pull down the keys, okay. and then you and pull then the bow. strings. Yeah, huh. you should check it out. It's like pretty. What, cool how game. do you spell it? Uh, Nickel harpa. Like I think it's N Y C K E L H A R B A.
0: Okay, Spillin
2: I'll, find, yeah, all right. <laughs> I'll,
0: I'll yeah, we'll all, it. I'll search around. Yeah, something. I probably yeah, we'll find it, and then we'll link that as well. Um, I don't. I actually don't personally uh, get into the Pokemons, but I know enough. Who would, Who is your favorite Pokemon? should you happen to know enough to know of you?
2: Um, yeah, so I'm going to lose like all my nerd cred right now. <laughs> <laughs> no? I think I only know one of them by name. So I'm going to have to say Pikachu. Just,
0: yeah, you should just kind of like, I know them all. I know it's really like cliche, but I really like Pikachu, ladies uh, right, that's what That's
2: what the previous guest said, I know. <laughs>
0: uh, what is a strange, if you've ever gotten one, I assume you probably have, what is the strangest email you've ever gotten? Was it, like, a like a fan or just, like, a weird... Client thing? request? Yeah. Or?
2: Yeah, there was, there was a weird one. There was a couple of weird ones. Like, so when I was in a band, my last band that I was in, um, Ash and Tide here in L.A., uh, we got some bizarre requests from fans. And there was a few times it was just, like, hi, can you send me your signed poster? Here's my address. And it was never any background, never like, oh, you know, I listened to your song, such and
1: such. (laughs) (laughs) Give me this I want it.
2: (laughs) It's almost like people would just email into every band, you know, just to get, like, to sign posters. Wow. Yeah, I'm like, uh, no? Like, do you know how much it costs to ship posters? (laughs) Yeah.
0: There's some warehouse somewhere with, like, hundreds of thousands of band posters that they're selling
2: <laughs> no but it's, it's actually really expensive to like print and ship a poster it's like sure, i don't know yeah. 15 bucks or something you need to buy a tube and yeah they didn't even give us any background like i know your music it's just like hey yeah. send a poster thanks <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> yeah um, stuff. Is, is there anything that you're working on that you can talk about uh or promote or anything like that with our listeners yeah well, what, what,
1: what do you want to plug
2: uh what i want to plug um i will plug well i, I i'm working on a cool project <laughs> doing doing you know 3d audio and all that stuff but i can't really plug it just yet so ask me at gdc it should be yeah, yep. <laughs> it should be out by then um but, but the one i would I really like to plug is actually despite the, the stories the kickstarter project that i mentioned that it got funded you know over a year ago but it's an animation and it's it's takes a lot of time and resources to produce. Uh, but finally, we have released a teaser trailer, uh, I think in the end of December. And, uh, well, just a little bit of background on the project. It's an animation series, um, and the genre is uh, kind of fantasy, action, adventure, um, and it's all based on African folklore, um, which is, hasn't really been done to any significant extent um and then the protagonist is a female like young teenage princess um so i thought it was just such a cool such a special project um when i first saw it how did you
1: you get connected with those people with Uh, that
2: team that was actually a a kickstarter thing like i was just checking out what's new um on kickstarter and i saw that project i was like wow this is really really cool never been done, like very unique and i liked all the art i liked the concept you know like character design and the story so i just reached out to those guys um you wow. know and then they ended up you know like in my portfolio and that's you know that's how i got signed to that um it's been very interesting working on the sound for it too because you're kind of looking for a combination of sort of you know african influences but but sort of a hybrid with the scoring thing. But, like, uh-huh. finding that balance uh, took a long time um, because we didn't want it to be too, like, orchestral. It still had to be intimate. Um, but, yeah, fi- finally, you know, we got the right sound. Um, we released a trailer. So definitely, like, I-, I hope that people check it out because we're still, you know, looking for um, for a place to, you know, to, to buy the project, basically, uh, a channel you know something like um nickelodeon or or some online like hulu or something like that so yeah we're basically right. shopping shopping ip around and it's a really really special awesome ip i really hope it makes it um yeah so you can check it out spider stories um uh, and uh, the company is called um Cent- oh, let me just double check what it's called <laughs> so i don't know
0: we'll we'll find that teaser and we'll yeah it's, it's central city Notes. tower
2: so it's centralcitytower.com and it has more information about the project and the and the trailer and it's going to start playing. No, stop.
0: Very cool. Uh, Dave, I I know now both of us have talked about stuff we're working on. I I don't... I don't know if the nature of what you're doing can really be shared yet, but is there anything, I don't want you left out. Is there anything you want to talk about?
1: No, yeah, I, I think the the men in black would show up here pretty quick and, like, blast me <laughs> with their laser light oh, sensors. Um, but
0: uh, is, that, is that still an appropriate, like, pop culture reference? Like, the kids still know yeah, men yeah, in black?
1: I, I guess at some point, I, <laughs> I, I, would, I would joke back when I was teaching before I switched to Magic Leap that I had to stop using... The, like the ferris bueller spinal tap references because nobody oh, got yeah. nobody yeah. got them anymore <laughs> hopefully men in black is still relevant to this yeah. generation of hooligans yeah. but
2: I, I say it is
1: <laughs> but uh got part of a few years. yeah at, at, at some point it i mean it's it's a it's really really cool stuff and uh um as soon as i can talk about it you won't hear me shut up about it because it's very cool
0: and it's, it's made you start to get into implementation Right. I mean, you're like you're doing like you're in Unity a lot
1: more, right? Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm in Unity almost. I mean, not exclusively, but yeah. I mean, when I when I started going to GDC and hearing people talk about, uh, you know, when you're working on a game, the percentage of content creation versus the percentage of time that's spent on implementation, man, that just blew my mind in the last few weeks because you just don't have time to pour over. You know, minutes and minutes of music when you have to get it into the game and there's not enough bandwidth to have uh, the programmers do all that. And it makes me more, more valuable if I can do it. So, yeah, I'm spending all my time in Unity and Fabric and it's a lot of fun. It's it's stretching my brain in interesting ways that uh-huh. haven't been stretched in a while and I'm learning something, something new. So it it's very cool stuff
0: sweet well i know i better uh, go get to my valentine's day duties because uh Uh-oh. the girlfriend will surely be angry with me <laughs> spend all day just chatting about cool stuff i'm um, so glad
1: that we made this happen though because this has been really yeah, good talk me
0: too yeah definitely yeah.
1: long time coming but we did it guys
0: yes Yay. yeah so go check out spider stories and uh go check out uh, kinski and we will see you uh probably from gdc um it's probably the next time we'll do one of these and send a new episode your way All right, bye everybody. Later. Bye Bye guys.